0: Hello
1: and welcome to a brand new installment of Nintendo News Report for Wednesday, September 6th, 2017. I'm Alex Kalafi, joining you, if you are in our video feed, from a still image because my laptop broke last week and I'm currently on my desktop which has no webcam, but that is beside the point. You will just have to look at a still image of my beautiful face. I am joined by one Donald Terrio. Hello.
2: Hello, you're not the only one with a lap- with a laptop on the fritz, although mine hasn't completely wigged out.
1: Donald, your laptop has been on the fritz for the last 70 to 100 episodes of this show.
2: Yeah, I mean it's bad enough I I have to do do it with the built-in webcam because if I try to do it with the with the with the extra high-def webcam that I bought, it uh, chokes out the whole computer anyway um i can't save if uh, i'm above 50 50 on saving documents which is a problem when you have to edit and um now my touchpad seems to be going haywire so yeah
1: so it looks like this might be the last episode of nintendo news report from donald's laptop (laughs) uh not
2: quite yet well for one thing i don't get paid on my new job until next week
1: Mm. okay so So it might be another couple weeks
2: maybe this time next month
0: we'll talk
1: all right, all right, all right. Also joined by Justin Barubi. Hello,
0: Justin. Hey, uh, I'm hoping my laptop's all right.
1: <laughs> yeah, your laptop seems fine. You have like a gaming laptop of some kind.
0: Yeah, it's a Lenovo, I think Y700. Mm, that's which. Was, I mean, uh, it's not top of the line gaming, but it can play things like Overwatch just fine, and it's decently powered.
1: Yeah, we were, we were hanging out for a bit in New York City earlier this year, and I think we were talking about that, that instead of building a gaming PC, or even buying like an Alienware if you had the money but not the means, you went for a gaming laptop, which is a very interesting decision, I might say. Almost advisable. Yeah, I mean, <laughs>
0: well, I mean, it, this one isn't that heavy. It's like not that bad, but one of the reasons I go for that is longevity. I mean, they put better specs in these things, so it's not going to be outdated as quickly as the non-gaming laptops. So mm-hmm. I just want it to last a while. So I think it's worth the extra investment. Sure, sure.
2: I'll, I'll make a note of that because this thing was pretty good two years ago, but it's not exactly a gaming a gaming powerhouse, and now it's, well, you know.
1: First comment I'm reading in the chat. Uh, Union says, I need Uncharted, Lost Legacy and Switch. Rumors say it'll be about january that you're gonna see that uh but don't hold your breath for this year I'm, I'm just kidding uncharted lost legacy is a sony published title developed by naughty dog which is a sony-owned studio you are probably never going to see that game on nintendo switch but I mm, think maybe so maybe
2: switch pro when sony gets out of the gaming business
1: <laughs> or if nintendo was to get out of the gaming business and sony was to take over the switch who knows Uh, That probably won't happen. I I think Xbox would be the next one out of the business.
2: Yeah, I think (laughs) it goes Microsoft, Best Buy, Sony, and then Nintendo lives on with the cockroaches. Mm
1: -hmm. Sony is in a pretty good place with the PS4. One might say that the PS4 is very quickly turning into a lovable platform. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, Although the rest of the... Yeah, I was gonna say Microsoft. I mean, Xbox, the brand might become something completely different with the way everything they seem to be putting out is also available on Windows 10 PC.
1: Yeah, it seems like the Xbox One could be a precursor to the hybrid PC console. Maybe that they could so be positioning themselves that way
2: because that works so well for Valve. I just think that the the, the <laughs> Sony like. The gaming business is what's keeping Sony corporate afloat. That and the and Marvel kicking in a few bucks to use Spider-Man. After that goes away, what do they have?
1: Wait, you're talking Sony games?
2: Y- yeah, like Sony, like Sony, like PlayStation is basically what's keeping Sony afloat right now.
1: And you're talking about what games do they have, or what other things does Sony? What
2: have? What other things does Sony have?
1: Okay, because if you were talking games, I was like, you got Gran Turismo in a couple months, you got Yakuza 6 early next year, uh, Persona's still exclusive to the, the real Persona is, you have um, both the Persona dancing games are PS4 and Vita, you have God of War, you have Last of Us 2, uh, you have basically whatever's getting announced, PlayStation Experience this year, like and then NAC two and Hotshots Golf came out as forty dollar titles, both of which are allegedly pretty good, one of which I'm going to talk on later on the show. So the PlayStation brand itself, I think they have plenty of games coming out, just most of them are under the radar. As for Sony as a company, I don't know because I don't know a single person who owns a Vio or a or a, is it called Bravio? Is is that what it's called? Probably,
2: yeah. I, I don't even think they make those anymore.
1: I think they must. I don't know if it's great but I think Sony Bravia still exists. Do they own Blu-ray? They must not.
2: They they're a part of a consortium, so they get some benefit from Blu-ray, but Blu-ray itself is slumping compared to as everything goes towards streaming and I think they have a couple of streaming plays but not enough to not enough that it's affecting their bottom line any. Mm.
1: Do we know where the PS4 stacks up on best selling gaming consoles?
2: Uh so I think last number we got from them was sixty million, so that's past the any I wanna say that's past the NES, but they've got a long way to go to catch up to even the they still have a good way to go to catch up to the PS3 even, let alone the uh like getting into that PS two range.
1: But the PlayStation three did eighty three million over the course of about ten years. It what came out more than ten years ago, but let's say about ten years. And the PlayStation Four is at sixty three point three million, and it's only been picking up momentum. So I, I think it's at least positioned in a good place. Um, let, let's see. All right, I got I got top list of selling consoles. If you're wondering why we're going off topic, there is almost no Nintendo news this week. Uh, we're <laughs> gonna be talk. We're gonna be leading with Travis strikes again. So until then, I I don't mind a fun conversation about the best selling platform. This is according to Wikipedia. PlayStation Two. It must be
2: true.
1: It, it, I bet it doesn't come from what's what's that site that no one trusts but everyone uses for sales charts. VG charts. VG I bet this comes from somewhere <laughs> more reliable than that. PS2 is the best selling console ever at 155 million. The DS at 154.02 million. The Game Boy slash Game Boy Color. Which I think it's it's a little weird that they stack those together considering they came out like 10 years apart from each other. Uh, 118.69 million, PlayStation 102.49 million, uh Wii's just over a hundred, Xbox three sixties eighty-four. And then PS3 is
2: 83.8. So that's probably so those streams have probably crossed by now.
1: Yep. Then comes PSP, GBA, 3DS at 67.08 million, and then PlayStation 4 at 63.3 million. So four years for this system is uh, 63 million, is not bad, especially considering Xbox One is probably in the 25 to 30 million range, guesstimated. <laughs>
2: Of course, Microsoft doesn't release those numbers anymore because they're concerned more with monthly active users of Xbox Live.
1: Are you guys curious where the PlayStation Vita stacks up? Okay. Let's steer it. Are
2: we... Below, are we uh, I'm going to say under the Wii U.
1: Yes. Well, it's definitely under the Wii U because the Wii U was 13.56 million. Uh, as as you would remember from our panel earlier this year... 13.62. Yeah, 13.56. The PlayStation Vita is just below the Switch, which is at 4.7 million, and just above the Sega Pico at Um, 3.4 million.
2: Is that Western? Like, what's the number? Because I know it's sold more than that, just in Japan. So I'm wondering if that's just, if that's either Western numbers or if that number for the Vita is stupidly old. Do you want... Because uh, Sony... Mm-hmm because sony i think at one point started combining it with the psp that was i was still selling
1: so i have a list of maybe 50 different consoles i'm gonna give you each a guess which one's at the bottom virtual boy Mm -mm. Ouya is not on the list so you can have another guess donald
2: uh
0: (laughs) jaguar
1: Jaguar, believe it or not. Let me see. No,
0: there's probably gonna be something ridiculous.
1: Oh, you know what it is? Yeah. It's the problem it's list of million selling home consoles. That's that's my my mistake. Oh, um, so lowest one on the list that sold over a million. Uh you could both have another guess. <sighs>
2: I guess okay, if we're no, because I didn't think the Jaguar CD would have sold a, mil- sold a million on its own. Uh... CDI?
1: <laughs> Close. Donald, <sighs> yours?
2: Uh, laser active?
1: <laughs> laser active. <laughs> I, I don't think that's on here, but the TurboGrafx is, is only a few ranks below the Wii U. The Wii U just under the GameCube, believe it or not. Anyways, here's everything below the Vita that sold over a million units in order. Sega Pico, right behind it, then Wonderswan, Color TV Game, Intellivision, N-Gage, ColecoVision, the Odyssey 2, the Lynx, the CDI, the Telstar, and at the bottom, with exactly 1 million units, Atari 5200. Uh-huh. So there you go. There, that's, that's, that's the, I, I could go to the list of commercial failures page, but we're already 15 minutes in the show, so we might as well talk about something Nintendo related. Travis Strikes Again. We talked about it last week, but I didn't get to talk about it, which is a shame because I would consider myself a resident Travis Touchdown No More Heroes fan of this show because I question whether either of you are very big No More Heroes fans.
0: I've
2: played through I've, both games. I, oh, yeah. have, I have not played either one. I was never able to find them
0: at the point when I was looking for Wii games.
1: Mm. Justin, what did you think of No More Heroes?
0: Uh, I thought the first one had some problems, especially with the overworld. I really liked the second one. I don't think they're the greatest games, but it was a good, fun time. And I love like the retro mini-games in the second one.
1: Fair. And I, I, th- I think I see why you would like the second game, because it, it sort of amps up on the assassination stuff, considering there's like 20 of them this time around. And then it takes away the open world entirely. Probably to mixed results. But I, I could definitely see see why you prefer.
0: Yeah, I mean, like I guess the open world gave it some better world building overall, but at the same time, there was just like too much time spent in it compared to I the actual game that. part.
1: I agree with that. I am also a fan of No More Heroes Two over No More Heroes, although I would say both of those games ha- are at like you know those games that are at like the core of your heart, like the Paper Mario's of the world. Uh, Yoshi's Island for me. How Super Mario World is for a lot of people. How Mario RPG, like those those games that just get right to the core of your heart. No More Heroes One and Two are those games for me, or at least it's 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 on that list of games, which is why I'm very very excited about No More Heroes. Or excuse me, Travis Strikes Again colon No More Heroes. <clears throat>
2: And it's and I guess Suda has been doing some interviews this week, and he mentioned that he's looking to make no more Heroes three if Travis Strikes Again is a hit. So I guess that I guess that's the the impetus here.
1: Yeah, he said a lot of stuff in interviews. He kind of said more than I was expecting as to what the game actually is. When the game was announced, it was almost framed like it was like this indie game. A retro game challenge style compilation, where it would yeah. be Travis Touchdown, but it would be in all these different indie games. Like, wasn't that your impression too, of like, what this was going to be? Yeah, I was like very they, confused. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, when they showed like, Hotline Miami going on with uh, with how they, like, in the original trailer, it's like, okay, I think I see where they're going here, but
1: Yeah, Turn which me. is great. but it, It's The idea of doing a No More Heroes game 7, or I think it's going to be over 8 years since No More Heroes 2 would come out, you kind of have to do the 10 Cloverfield Lane thing of doing something that's tangentially related, but a much lower budget that still appeals to fans of the original and can be used to rope new fans into the series. The idea of a straight No More Heroes 3 so long after two games that were at best cult hits is just very hard to financially justify. However and subsequent interviews, Suda51 basically said, no, 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 this is totally a No More Heroes game. It's set seven years after No More Heroes 1. It, uh, the antagonist is bat, Miss Big Bad or something. Mr. Bad. It, it's, it's something like that. But he's basically the father of Bad Girl, who's the girl who carries a bat from the first No More Heroes, and he's coming back for revenge. He's the guy in that trailer. So it's going to be... A No More Heroes game that takes advantage of the Switch. Totally going to be a beam sword game. The indie uh, collaboration sound like it's going to be like t-shirts or like it could be a minigame style thing, but it seems like it would be pushed into the background.
0: Maybe then, not because it looks like they get sucked into that virtual reality thing maybe.
1: Maybe it would be set in the world of Hotline Miami. Like that's something they could do. Yeah. Do we know who's publishing Travis Strikes Again, Donald?
2: Um, I believe it's coming from Grasshopper. The n- information that we got from the press assets that came out afterwards.
1: Yeah. Okay. And then Marvelous. But then, who owns them? Doesn't Mar- isn't Marvelous the company that owns them?
2: Uh, I think it's actually Gung Ho Entertainment, the Puzzle and Dragons people.
1: That that's what it is. I knew Suda Fifty One. Suda Fifty One was owned by someone. I just I just didn't know who. And then one of my favorite quotes from the interview was Travis, uh, what's it called? Pseudo51 was talking to, I think it was Game Explain, and he was explaining that he simplified the controls to be able to make it playable on one Joy Con so that Travis Touchdown could potentially be playable in the next Super Smash Bros. game, <laughs> which I think is wonderful. That's,
0: that's insanity.
2: <laughs> um, good luck with that. <laughs>
1: If Travis Strikes Again is a hit, and it very well could be, because of the uh, the very environment that games exist in nowadays versus versus when they existed when the first No More Heroes come out, I I could see Travis Strikes Again being at least some kind of indie hit. I mean, th- think about the original No More Heroes. It got very little fanfare, except for the fact that it was pushed in Nintendo power. It was published by Ubisoft, and it got basically no advertisement on the back end. It was basically its punk pro-wrestler aesthetic that sold everyone on what No More Heroes did, and its sense of humor and its gore and everything else. Now people know what No More Heroes is. Now they're basically resetting it and making it just a, a vague sequel to the first game. Like, basically a sequel reboot, it sounds like, instead of a direct sequel to the second game. They're they're bringing the scale down. They're calling it Travis Strikes Again instead of No More Heroes 3. They're positioning this pretty well for being... A potentially kind of successful game. I don't know. Dude, well, I wish we could deal? see
0: a bit more of the gameplay.
1: The trailer, the trailer was great at the very least. I mean they announced the game with nothing but a but a key art image earlier this year so getting a full trailer is more than I expected. Uh, we, I, I did hear some whispers from people not associated with Nintendo World Report that this was going to be coming at the Nindy but I assumed it was going to be just Suda51 talking into a camera, uh, Sakurai style. I'm very impressed that we got a trailer that was as badass as that. Showing off Hotline Miami, which is... Hotline Miami and No More Heroes are basically my two favorite game aesthetics in gaming. <laughs> so, so seeing them combined was, was more than enough for me.
2: How Miami Miami's not on a Nintendo platform yet, so I wonder if that means no. that could be coming
0: down the road.
1: That'd be fun. Hotline Miami's one. Yeah, maybe, maybe you'll
0: too. play through Yeah, maybe you'll play through the no New More New No More Heroes and I'll bring it <laughs> to the eShop after every world you go through.
1: <laughs> it'll be Animal Crossing style. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's Like, yeah. oh, you like this world? Download the full game on the eShop.
1: Yeah. I've I've seen that trailer close to ten times. I am I am very, very excited. And I think that Nindy direct in general was so good. They opened with a Super Meat Boy sequel and they closed with a No More Heroes sequel. And like most of the stuff we saw in between was it were either new games or very new information about games. And I, I'm I was as excited for the last Nindie Direct as I would be for a minor Nintendo Direct, and I'm going to be excited for the next Nindie presentation as I am for a- and any other kind of Nintendo Direct. So I'm I'm in a pretty happy place with this thing, which I'm guessing is what is what you guys were saying last week.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of intriguing
0: things on there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but one thing I don't think we did talk about last week were the Shuffle Night Amiibo.
1: We didn't talk about. Oh, those
0: got announced after. Those got
2: announced after the, announced yeah. after the show at the Nindy. uh yeah. The Mindy's at night event. Mindy's oh.
1: Night, yeah, so. Those, so so they did. To those. King Knight. And they did. They did. They did all the DLC guys, right? Yes. Yeah.
0: So yeah. Plague Knight, Specter Knight, and King Knight.
1: You're you're both getting those.
2: Oh yeah. It uh, uh, depends on what retailer is picking them up, because uh, I wonder if they'll even—if it's the wrong one, I may not be able to get them here at all.
1: Mm, mm-hmm.
2: But if it's like in, if it's in all stores, then yeah, I should be able to snag them.
1: Yeah. Okay, that's reasonable. I'm not sure. I'm gonna be—you know what? I'm not out of the the amiibo game, but I'm going to be very selective with what kind of amiibo I get in the future. Because I have maybe 20 to 25 Amiibo sitting in my apartment on my shelf uh, to my left right now. And maybe 16 of them are collecting active dust. And I, I don't necessarily think that Amiibo were a mistake, but I think that it may have ran its course for me. And that owning things like Amiibo might not be as cool in 2017 to me as it was in 2014. I, I don't know. Are, are either of you guys feeling the same way?
2: I'll I'll still buy it for characters I care about, but I think now that we're done with the Smash Amiibo, it's taken a lot of the air out of the room for me. I
0: think I don't... Yeah, I mean, I'm in too deep. I'm going all the way, <laughs> except for those Monster Hunter Japanese exclusives. I don't think I'm going to be getting those. But, uh, yeah, Amiibo's fun, but... I mean, it wouldn't, I wouldn't cry if they ended the line. I'd be happy I have just about all of them. Yeah, but, I, Donald, I, they could bring that Smash line back with a new Smash Brothers, With new characters.
2: Yeah, and watch them announce that next month.
1: I, I think know. that's exactly when that game gets announced. Me too. And For November release... Uh, that part that part I have my doubts. I, I think they might be coming up a little too close, or I feel like it would like it would absolutely leak before then. My my bigger question is Is it Smash 4 or is it Smash Five or is it what started as Smash 4 but gained so much content that it's basically like Smash 4.7? Hmm.
0: I think it's gonna be that last one because I really don't see a reason why they have to keep reinventing the wheel every smash brothers game they make they have a decent engine to work on with the smash brothers for wii u version so why recreate all those characters again wasting all that time and resources instead of reusing that code enhancing it new balance patches and just work on content for the game because it's going to be impossible to keep surpassing from scratch what you've done in previous smash brothers
1: that's a fair point that's a fair point i agree (laughs) i don't have anything to add to that i think smash 4.7 is exactly what this game has to look like because it's being made by namco bandai instead of sakurai presumably which means that whatever the next smash game is would probably be on the safer side
2: well i mean they go to a different studio every time for smash bros development i think the last i think. Like, the Grandia people worked on Brawl. So, for all we know, the next Smash Brothers being be... We don't talk yeah, about that. Yeah, but I'm thinking, like, the next one might be, like, I don't know, Nether Nether
1: <laughs> Netherrealm does great work. I mean, have you played Mortal Kombat 9? That's one of the best fighting games ever made.
2: Yeah. That's, the and I've played Injustice as well, and it's a solid fighting game. I just don't care about the uh, characters in it, so... Put them on smash and let's go
1: diddy kong says what if they cut mario from smash and uh i think diddy kong right now or excuse me kitty dong uh, is is projecting his fears onto mario because diddy kong would be far sooner for the chopping block than mario I don't know.
0: mario might be replaced with rabid mario oh god
1: or <laughs> rabid peach just rabbit peach
0: Rabbids, Smash Brothers.
1: I had a tweet the other day in which I pondered the possibility that a Rabbid might be the ideal Ubisoft choice for a new Super Smash Bros. game. Because as Mm -hmm. much as we all like Rayman more than we like Rabbids, Rabbids hold a very specific identity among Nintendo platforms.
0: I mean, it's possible, but then again, maybe they could get two characters like Capcom did.
1: Yeah, maybe, maybe. The other thing from the Nitties at Night thing that I'm guessing you didn't talk about is that Bit Trip Runner Two's delayed to 2018, or Bit Trip Runner Three, excuse me.
2: Yeah, yeah, but I think they, I think that came out with the, uh, the material from the press kit. But yeah, it kind of sucks. But if as long as it means we have a really good runner game, I'll take it.
1: Runner 3 looks crazy good. And I'm saying this as someone who was more into Runner 1 than Runner 2. I think Runner 3 looks like an even better realized version of Runner 2. I, I just hope it's much harder than Runner 2 was. Um, yeah, I, I, guess, I guess that's all to say on that one. <laughs> Moving on to our actual original top story. Resident Evil Revelations 1 and 2, the bundle... Release date got revealed coming out November 28th everywhere except Japan, where it's coming out two days later. And then Capcom's publishing it. Switch version uses motion controls, gyro aiming and shaking the Joy-Con to remove attacking hordes. Uh, Revelations 2 will include co-op mode in which each player will be able to play with a single Joy-Con, each via single screen local play. Capcom has also confirmed that an online raid mode will be available as per the original release. Dual pack will be available for $39.99 and will also be available separately on the eShop for $19.99 each. The physical version includes the first game on a game card, while Revelations 2 will, will be available with an included download code Donald. Tell me why.
2: Um, because Resident Evil Revelations 2 is according to um according to a well-placed source who is well familiar with the with Resident Evil franchise. On Switch, Resident Evil Revelations 2 is going to require 26 gigabytes of Switch storage. So that's either pretty much your entire system memory or a good chunk of an SD card.
1: Uh, micro SD card. Didn't they just push out the... What's the one that they just advertised as a brand new SD card? Isn't it like 320 gigs? 400. Doubling
2: 400. the 200. 200. D- doubling the 200s, which thankfully should drop in price now, so I can pick one up for my 3DS and move that 3DS one to my Switch.
1: Yeah. yeah. I I have a um, a 32 gigabyte in my 3DS, and I am sorely regretting that decision.
2: Yeah. I, I'm, now that I'm in a position to, I'm probably going to be filling that... I'm going to be getting to the point where I'm going to need to do another upgrade, mm. which thankfully will be easier, because I'm doing it on, on the new 2DS, so I just have to Pull the flap down where the card is.
0: Yeah, that would be nice. I am jealous of that.
1: If you were going to make a stretch of logic, and you were going to count the PlayStation 3 version, the PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Wii U version, and the Switch version, one might say that Resident Evil Revelations has been sold on three different generations of platforms.
2: Yeah. That's... And if you want, although if you want to get into it, then you can point out that technically the original game was sold on four.
1: It's been sold on way more than four. If you count the remake, it is yeah. probably on all, most of the generations. Um, and then you got the <laughs> well revelations too. Yeah,
2: yeah. I was thinking of Revelation specifically because 3ds. Then P- they did the remake for PS3 and Xbox 360, PS4, Xbox One, and Wii U, and now Switch.
1: So, do you count the 3DS as a separate generation from the PlayStation 3?
2: It, I, yeah, handheld generations are totally different than the console ones. So, that and the 3DS is not the the 3DS is about the power of what a PS2,
1: the Vita,
2: the the 3DS.
1: Oh, because we know the.
2: Yeah, because we know the V that's basically a portable PS3.
1: My understanding is that the 3DS is somewhere between a GameCube and a Wii. I I guess because of the time period that 3DS came out, certain aspects were like GameCube esque or slightly better than, and then other aspects like there were some minor aspects of the 3DS that actually surpassed the Wii, if I remember correctly. But it was, it's it's of that generation, sixth generation. Uh, powerhouse, I would say.
0: Well, if you want to talk about weird things like how what game appears on the most console generations, just remember that I think it was Just Dance 2017 that was on three Nintendo console generations at once. And tw- and 2018 is going to come out on three Nintendo console generations on the same day. Yeah, <laughs> that's is that coming to Wii U, Donald? Yeah, it is. They they announced oh, uh, is that the final Wii U game. <laughs>
2: Uh, well, that depends because 2019 might still come out on Wii, Wii U, and Switch. Oh man, I might have to get it just- because it was late.
1: <laughs> That's the last year. It's got to be the last
2: year. <laughs> it, I would, I would hope so, but because Just Dance 2017's best-selling platform was the Wii, and second place was the Wii U.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Resident Evil Revelations, I have about two or three hours played of the first game on 3DS, and I keep stubbornly avoiding these games because I want to play it in 3D as it was originally intended, but I just haven't been motivated to go to it. And it sounds like I should be, because these games are basically slightly inferior Resident Evil 4 and 5 style games.
2: Yeah, and those were... I, I've I've put about the same amount of time into the 3DS version, and I've got I was able to get the uh, the Wii U version because Capcom puts their catalog on sale every six months or every three months now this year, mm-hmm. so I've got the Wii U version pretty cheap. But at this point, it may be easier just to wait for the Switch version.
1: Yeah, it might be if we ever get around to playing them. I love Resident Evil 4 more than anything. I actually just bought Resident Evil 4 on PC, though I have my doubts whether I'll actually get into it because uh, it says I have 555 games on Steam right now, which is which is which is rather absurd. I, I would say there's Resident Evil Revelations. Donald, give me a couple minutes on Nicholas.
2: All right, so coming out of PAX West, uh, Nicholas put out a tweet and showing off everything that pretty much that they've announced for the Switch. And in that tweet, they blur... Because they, they, the way they did it is they showed basically a Switch full games menu with everything they've done, but there were five games that were blurred out, which are things that they haven't officially announced yet. The interesting things being that two of those games were a Switch version of VVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVVV VVV, and what appears to be Code of Princess, the Atlas published 3DS game coming to Switch. Really? Yeah. Now, Wait. keep it, and And it's not like... Because there is a Code of Princess character in the Blade Strangers fighting game that they're publishing later this year on Switch, but this was clearly the Code of Princess icon. Because it's public... I forgot the name of the developer, but I believe they self-published the game on PC. So if Nicholas is helping out with distribution, that could lead to things like a physical version of the game.
1: Wasn't that supposed to be a really sick Odin Sphere-style game?
2: Uh, Yeah, uh, with a high concentration of um, assets and some pretty good music.
1: Okay. It was it's supposed to be quite a good game.
2: Yeah, the 3ds version back when Atlas did sale rotation, like it was always on sale. So you pr- you might have picked it up at some point, and just totally forgot about it. But yeah, it's it'll be it'll be interesting, and it play and it didn't really do a lot of stuff on the 3ds bottom screen, which is why they were able to port to PC pretty easily. So a Switch version would probably work out just as well, anyway.
0: Coda
1: Princess was one of the first games that do you remember in. 2013 2014 when for the first time uh the eShop was starting to carry full retail 3ds games for like 10 bucks on sale and i just thought yeah. that was the most badass thing in the world coda princess was one of the first ones of those and i remember my first purchase like that was the bit trip collection for like 15 bucks which i think is the standard price for that now which is which is absurd because those are wonderful games and then the other one I got was... What was that launch in Megami Tensei game?
2: Uh, Devil's, like, the Soul
1: Hackers? No, 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 no. It's uh, you, Oh, uh, Devil, of,
2: Devil Survivor
1: Overclocked. Devil Survivor Overclocked. I got that for 10 bucks too, if I remember correctly. $10, $15. And I, I played a little bit of it, and it didn't click. Did you ever play that one, Donald?
2: Yeah, I've, I played the original for about two, about day three, but I really prefer the sequel.
1: Okay, okay. and And... Do do the stories directly connect?
2: No, no, they're completely separate.
1: Uh, word, word, word. The other thing I have to say about this is that VVVVVV is an amazing independent platformer. Everyone I love it. Play it. I
0: played it on 3DS. It's great.
1: The 3D in that game is supposed to be great.
0: I mean, it's been a while since I played it, but I remember enjoying like that entire game. I played through it in a couple days. It was a lot of fun, and I do recommend that.
1: Very nice, very very nice. Uh, the music's Donald, awesome too. The music, the music is wonderful in that game. Donald, Switch firmware 3.0.2. I do believe it includes region free.
2: Yeah, the, that's <laughs> that's standard with all Switch firmware updates. Although, um, the what this does actually have a regional benefit this time because the biggest thing of the update is that it enables online play for major countries in South America. So such that they're going to be getting the paid Nintendo Online when it comes out next year, but that aside from that, it was literally just system stability, i.e., patching some sort of homebrew hole that Nintendo won't talk about.
1: Okay, has have people figured out homebrew on the Switch yet?
2: Uh, I believe they were getting close, but the again the the the, the this is I think this is. Whatever that is, whatever the firm, whatever hole they were going to, that probably got fixed up by the uh, by the firmware. I I, I only f- I, I follow the Wii U scene a bit just because. Well, at this point, Nint- Nintendo is basically said "Have fun, kids." As far as from as far as homebrew on Wii U, but the Switch, I think, is still it's still going through the point that Nintendo is going to be clamping down on any attempts to do homebrew on it.
1: Wait, did they figure out um, with the modern firmware update the how to hack the Wii U fully?
2: Yeah, there's been there's been hacks for things like using the like the GameCube controller adapter with GameCube games running on the Wii U, and and I and I know for a while I think there was an exploit where um, you could actually get anything that was on the eShop for free.
1: Well. That's, that, that's something that's happened on the PlayStation 3, if I remember. For, for the very small group of people who figure out how to hack theirs. Yeah. Um, so if I wanted to... Okay. That, that's interesting. It, do you remember... So let's say I wanted to play a copy of Doom. A legally obtained copy of Doom. Or... I could... Do that on the sw- on. This is definitely something for off the air. I'm, I'm I'm trying to be very careful with my words, but I'm I'm very surprised that with the with the most recent Wii U firmware update, you can totally you can totally hack the Wii U. The reason why I'm saying that is because I follow the 3DS and Vita scene somewhat, and Vita's in the situation where they barely figured out how to hack it properly, and you basically need the firmware that they figured it out on, or else you will never have a hacked Vita. Um, which is which is how I understand that scene went. The 3ds is slightly similar, but there are so many people working on it that they're they're figuring it out as they go.
2: Yeah, like there's I think there's still some firmware downgrading theoretically you could do with your 3ds if you wanted to get into that but but this point where the 3ds is still getting games, it's still also going to be getting those updates that you're going to need to. To play some of the stuff this fall, like I would not be surprised if uh, *Samus Returns*, for instance, next week comes out, and you need the newest firmware to play it.
1: I I, I bet that would happen. That's next week.
2: That's yeah, week Friday.
1: That's sick. That's that's very sick. I, I was Neil put up a preview for that game right. Yeah,
2: uh, he yeah he put it up on uh, Saturday because of it was embargoed until after the Nintendo Minute tapings, I believe, at PAX.
1: Got it. Well, I talked to Neil about his preview content up until however many hours he's able to talk about, and he is enamored by that game. Uh, he he makes it sound like it's the best thing since sliced bread, which is very exciting to me because I had I had very low hopes for that game, and now I might be buying it in eight days.
0: No, I'm excited for it. Like I did play it at that pre uh, like uh, post E3 event in uh, New York.
1: And, and it good. looks like
0: a lot of fun. It felt good. it felt good, man. Like the three D was really cool for like the cutscenes and whatnot. Uh, mm. Yeah, it it felt pretty good. I mean, the whole being able to aim in any direction is new to the series and will take some getting used to. But I, I'm excited to play more of it. I'm
1: I'm very selective about my Metroid games. I've never played Prime. I ended up getting Metroid Other M and then I played through all of it for, for no discernible reason at, at one point. And that game was okay. But the too much Why Metroid have you stayed games, away from Prime? it's I think what happened was I played Prime One when I was like six or seven and I got very confused. So I never picked it up again, which makes me very hopeful for prime trilogy that comes out on switch the games i did play were zero mission and metroid fusion games i loved i tried playing super metroid on wii u but i didn't quite manage to get into it and i'm looking forward to trying it again on the super nes classic i think the reason why i like the the gba games more I got into Super Metroid is that I appreciated the mild linearity that came with those games and I, uh, I hope that this remake will
0: do similar things Well, Only about a week left to find out
1: Only about a week left Justin
0: hmm.
2: I believe if, if you want to take the plunge on going digital on that I believe the preload is up and now in North America
1: Very nice I, I'm probably going to do the Amazon, get it for $32, buy it physical route.
0: I got to get that special edition. Yeah. Yeah. I got to... Yeah,
2: I'm, I'm going to... If the special edition was more like Europe's, I might have gone for it. But as it stands now, I am um, I think the cheapest route for me to get it is, is to either use some Amazon credit that I got for my birthday or just get it digitally
1: that's that's a good idea oh do you remember when they put up the fire emblem warriors uh, special edition pre-orders in the last week and then everyone started buying them yeah yeah so i got one of those and then i I waited two days and i'm like i don't want this and then i canceled it (laughs) and that's that's something i've never done with a special edition before
2: yeah Hmm. i'm i mean i'm still camping out looking for another to try to get my brother as classic but i've been looking for that fire on the warriors uh, limited edition just f- i don't know why i've got the original game on like stupid discount right now or i've got the just the regular edition on stupid discount but i don't know i, j- I just maybe, maybe i'll just get someone to chip i'll chip in a few bucks or someone to grab it and just rip me the soundtrack because that's the main thing i want out of it
1: It will be very easy for you to obtain the soundtrack to that game, I'm sure. I'm not saying obtain it illegally. I I do not condone that. This show does not condone that. But with a will, there will be a way, I'm sure.
0: You can always borrow my CD, Donald.
1: (laughs) You can mail it to Donald, he can mail it back.
0: If you just want to listen to it.
1: (laughs) But, but but only listening. I mean my computer it's not like
2: my not like my computer has a CD ROM drive. Hmm.
1: Just saying. Uh, so the the one special edition that I have pre-ordered right now is the Yakuza 6 Song of Life After Hours premium edition, which is awesome. With
2: it with comes, actual shot glasses.
1: <laughs> it comes with a hardcover art book. Two bar glasses, which I'm pretty sure are are those shot glasses or are those whiskey glasses? They might be shot glasses.
2: Uh, I think two two eighty
1: milliliters, which might be which was probably a shot. I think. Um, it, it comes with hardcover art book, two bar glasses, presumably shot glasses, two coasters, and then two ice stones, which I didn't even know was a thing but that's apparently a stone that you can presumably put in the freezer and then put in your drink, which I think is amazing. And it's the game in a collectible outer box. And how much did that cost me? Uh, $89.99, but $72 after Prime. Whatever. It's Kazuma Kiryu's last story in the Yakuza saga. I'm, I'm, I'm ready for it.
0: Now, when Amazon shipped it to you, was it in a box or a bubble mailer?
1: So this one's not out yet. But I can say that I did pre-order the Persona Five Special Edition, the the huge like hundred dollar one, earlier this year, and that one showed up in a bubble mailer, I think, but in pretty good condition. It's so you got not. Lucky. I got lucky. But you know who doesn't luck out on the special editions? You ever go to a Best Buy and you see the special edition boxes for something like Mario Maker and it has those, like, plastic zip ties around all four corners and you can just see the boxes getting scrunched and it's, like, $90. Like, there's there's a copy of the uh, Persona 4 Dancing All Night special edition at one of my nearby Best Buys that's been there since the game it came out and the box just looks like garbage after years of it being surrounded by that uh, security thing
0: yep it's horrible that they do that they used to put them in uh these like plastic like boxes that would latch on the top but i don't know why they don't do that anymore
1: yeah me neither me neither i i am looking at the chat so if anyone has any questions or, or anything to say i i will read it in the show in the last few minutes Donald, we got some what we've been playing. Justin, you didn't necessarily have anything for us this week. I, I only have NAC two for me and RBI Baseball for Donald. I
0: mean, I, mean, I started Mario and Rabbids, so
1: you know what, we can we can. Did you talk about it last week? Uh, we, uh, a little bit.
0: Yeah,
2: we had we had David on the show who actually has a video review on this channel. But uh, Justin, how are you hanging with that game?
0: Uh, I'm in the second world now, kind of deep in that one. And I'm enjoying it quite a bit. I just. Like, the bat combat is a lot of fun. Uh, getting upgrades and going down those skill trees for characters allows you to do some crazy combos, it looks like, especially with Mario and Luigi. They have this ability where when the enemy moves on their turn, you can get some like free cheap shots in. Uh, you can't use it every turn, but when both of them have it, it's just crazy how much damage you could quickly combo up on a guy and take out some of the big guys in one turn, which is a lot of fun. Uh, The overworld stuff, when you're like exploring the world and like doing little puzzles, I don't think that's as good. The camera feels a little weird. Uh, You're led by that, I forget what the character's name is, that little computer thing that's basically ahead of the party and talks for Mario. Uh, That leads your characters running around, and it just feels a little off to me. So it makes Traversal in the world feel a bit weird. But the combat and the main gameplay, I'm having fun with that.
1: very nice and then you can listen to the last episode of nintendo news report or you can go to the nintendoworldreport.com to see david lloyd's video review of that game or we'll probably have more to say in the future donald rbi baseball 2017 you're reviewing that boy
2: um yeah and in the process of reviewing that game it has already had a crash desktop three times so
1: <laughs> wait on switch?
2: Yes. Like it has said, oh, we've had an error, we need to close, and I'm back to the switch home screen. Well
0: that's no good.
2: Yeah. How and many times has it done that? Three. It's on it's on its third strike. <laughs> so that yeah, so I'm I'm reviewing it. It is um very it is a very no frills game. Right down to the fact that you can literally only play exhibition season or playoffs. You can't do like a home run derby. There's no fan. There's no full scale fantasy thing like you'd see in a in a, like a Madden Ultimate Team or some of the stuff they do in the show. And it, it's all right, but I'm still having trouble adjusting, like getting the timing down for hitting. So I'm I'm struggling through a postseason right now where. I am frequently like falling behind one or one nothing, and that is it. I lose because I just cannot get hits with runners in scoring position, which is probably accurate for the team I'm playing as.
1: Do you, so. It's okay, and it's also crashing a lot.
2: Yeah, it's it's okay. It, it, I mean, it's it's nice as a as a wait until hamster finally gets around to putting baseball stars two out. Because that'll probably be the best Switch experience for baseball until we either get a Mario Baseball or a Super Mega Baseball 2.
1: RBI Baseball's come a long way, though, hasn't it? Like, it, it used to be a much worse series.
2: It was actually a pretty good series. Like, the first one was a. Was. A re- from, what,
1: the, re- from, the re- from the relaunch of the series.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because the, the old school ones, the fir- like, the first one was a. a Namco game that was reskinned by by Tengen is one of the few games that got out legally on the NES. It was pretty good, and you can actually in RBI Seventeen you can actually do a uh, a uh, RBI roster size, which knocks your bench down to like sixteen players. So you have your starting lineup and then a couple of pinch hitters and a, a bullpen, and that's a it that's about the only thing you can do to change the game. Though, other than that, it's just you know. Regulation of baseball the whole way. It's what do you what do you expect? It's published by Major League Baseball because nobody else wants to publish baseball games besides Sony.
1: At least RBI Baseball twenty seventeen. I, I don't even have a thing to end that sentence with. There, there's nothing of a note that I could say about it.
2: It is it is the epitome of replacement level baseball.
1: Okay. Is that gonna be your uh your little subtext in under yeah. the review headline? Yeah, probably. <laughs> okay. Well, we have we have one more game to close out the show on, and that is NAC 2, baby. NAC 2. <laughs> and we and
2: between Alex and I, we paid a grand total of zero for it.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was nutso so what happened yesterday. So let me tell you something. I am a uh, kind of fan of the first Knack game. It's As a video game, it's not stellar, but there's something about the heart that game had and about how it felt like an Astro Boy type classic anime thing and the fact that it was a mascot platformer that had early God of War touches to it despite the the very severe flaws that game had to some extent. I, I had a great time when I played Knack earlier this year and I was one of the few people who was considering paying 40 bucks for NAC 2, like, almost today. The only reason why I didn't is that I still haven't started Horizon Zero Dawn, and I just beat uh, Yakuza Kiwami, which is, which is a pretty good remake of Yakuza 1, and I was about to play Horizon Zero Dawn. I was, I was maybe about to go to my PS4 yesterday until I saw a tweet from cheap-ass Gamer who said, NAC 2 is free in Australia, New Zealand, Saudi Arabia, and Russia. And as fast as I could, I made a PlayStation Network account with my good email account, the one that's like my name, the, the, like the one I would put on a job application. And I used that to make a New Zealand PlayStation 4 account, only to download a copy of NAC 2 that includes the soundtrack to NAC 2 so that's how that's how bad i wanted this free game this is not the first time this has happened by the way i also got the god of war one and two collection on vita using using, (laughs) via via weird free price error thing so so that's how i got it donald well how did you get it uh well i
2: pretty much did the same thing except i'd like to thank the nine network in australia for giving me an address so i can make an australian psn account and download pretty much the same version. It actually spread to all of Europe before they fixed it.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It's great, but yeah, I've 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 gotten some things before from Sony. Like I got Amplitude for free, and I got that same God of War collection. But this is the first time I've had to do a foreign PSN account to do it.
1: Yeah, thankfully it was just a New Zealand one, so I don't have to actually type in Japanese characters. Or Russian characters. Or or Russian (laughs) characters. But as far as I know, I haven't had my copy of the game taken away, which is nice. I I didn't do Australia because I figured the more common sort of countries or or locations would be more prone to having the license taken away. So I did New Zealand, which was the best balance of still English, can still figure out how to sign up quickly, but not necessarily the first one most people would go to. So I've played... About an hour and a half of that game last night. And let me tell you, Knack 2 is Knack 1, which is a character mascot platformer with a lot of God of War-style combat, except it's a much better game. It is not as punishingly difficult, which means the the difficulty is more fair and reasonable. It doesn't drag as much as the original Knack did, because boy, did Knack drag sometimes. And then... Like it just seems like a much better balanced, well-paced, like brisk, platforming game. There's a lot more platforming. Uh, like the original Knack was just three punches and a kick, which is which is a line they make in the game, sort of sort of making fun of the original Knack. Like it's a very simple action game and had like a little platformer stuff mixed in. This game is probably fifty-fifty platforming to combat, and it's easier. It's better balanced. It's uh it's got a nice it's got a nice pace to it. And I, I'm not necessarily a fan of the environments I've seen yet, but I can tell this is a better knack, and as someone who likes knack, that is a okay with me. That's that's what I have to say. Donald, did you play Knack One?
2: Um I was I'm in the camp of I'm waiting for that game to go on PS Plus while knowing it will never go on PS plus. Let's pull
1: it. Isn't it crazy that Infamous Second Son came on PlayStation Plus this month, but neither Killzone Shadowfall nor Knack have been on the North American PlayStation Plus yet?
2: I, I wonder, I, I heard something about a Metacritic requirement for Sony's first-party stuff to go on, on Plus. I wonder if that's the case, because the original Knack um, was not well-received.
1: Knack Metacritic. I'm going to Well, it was it was mixed. <coughs> Knack has a 54 on Metacritic. Knack 2 has a 71. That's that's uh. that's a that's a good improvement for that game. Yeah, it, but you know what, you know how I bought my copy of, of Knack Donald? I got it earlier this year on a PlayStation Plus sale, probably some end of year thing or some flash sale for $5. Five dollars. So I feel like next time it goes on sale for that scale of price, or one thousand twelve hundred seventy-two dollars in Canadian, uh, then that would, that would be your time to pick it up. <laughs> you,
2: you laugh, but the dollar is up to eighty-three cents as of today because of some changes we made up here. So hey, maybe 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 we'll stop getting raked over the coals as badly with game prices.
1: It's. It's not going to be Australia bad, but I bet it's still going to be Canadian bad. I, I think it's just going from new Canadian bad to old Canadian bad slowly.
2: Yeah, the old, the old Canadian bad like was 45 bucks for a 3DS game or 70 for a Wii U game, which allowed the retailers to do decent deals, which I could use to knock the price down even further. If we go even back to that, it'd be an improvement.
1: I, I remember going to Canada once, and, and I went to do an independent video game store. It might have been 10 years ago. I, I was in Montreal, and the thing I remember was walking in and seeing a stack of Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney copies. And this was a big deal because Phoenix Wright was a super rare series to get on DS at the time. And I remember seeing a stack of those games for like $50 apiece, not because it was rare, but because it was Canada.
2: <laughs> and it was an independent game store because that's what I usually see. Because I've seen the Phoenix Wright games in my local game and comic shop for about 50 bucks.
1: Now? Today? Even today. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. And to think that as of the end of this year, I think or it's going to be early next year, all six Phoenix Wright games are going to be available on 3DS. All, all six non-Edgeworth ones.
2: Yeah, All seven of them, actually, because you have... Uh... Oh, wait. No, because remember, the uh, Apollo Justice comes out in November.
1: No, no, no. I'm saying there's six Phoenix Wright games that came out on 3DS that are in the main series. And there's also, which which includes the one coming out next year. And then there's also Phoenix Wright Professor Layton. And that makes six total, right? Or seven total.
2: What's, yeah. what's the Phoenix... There's a Phoenix. I thought we got Phoenix like this. Or are we getting a seventh game in that Phoenix Wright series?
1: No, I, no, we didn't. It's we got Edgeworth One on DS. Yeah, I, I I will tell you the the Ace Attorney games that exist in the West. One, two, and three, the, the GBA to DS trilogy. Then comes Apollo Justice. That's number four. Then comes Dual Destinies. That's five. Then comes Spirit of Justice. That's six. That is not a great Phoenix Wright game. One might say maybe the, maybe the worst one, um, which, which I, I just need to throw a little bit of shade because I'm terrifically disappointed by the sixth game in that series. There was also uh, Layton, and I think that makes seven.
2: Yeah, and those are all in 3DS now, except Don't, for Apollo, which is November.
1: Did you play uh, Phoenix Wright 6?
2: Uh, I played the demo.
1: You, you never bought it?
2: Uh, I I did buy it actually. It was on sale. Just um my Phoenix Wright backlog is belligerent and numerous.
1: Wait, I thought you were an active fan of the series. I'm probably thinking of James Jones. I know James Jones is a huge fan, but, but you're not you're not someone who's actively played the whole series.
2: Um I played the only Phoenix Wright game I've played to completion thus far is Leighton versus Wright.
1: I do you have the DS trilogy?
2: Yeah, I got the the trilogy inexpensively, and I, I I almost got to the end of the bonus case that they added. I just I just dropped it for whatever reason. And never got back to it.
1: Wait, what do you mean? Of so you played most of Phoenix Wright One?
2: Yeah, I think I was on the I was on the bonus case.
1: Because the bonus case in Phoenix Wright One is the whole. It's not the whole reason to play Phoenix Wright One. It's Phoenix Wright One, but it's the best part of Phoenix Wright One. Um, I don't know. I I recommend getting back to it, maybe even playing it again someday. I I I was a big fan of Phoenix Wright one. I think that's still the best one in the series. Uh did you ever see the Takeshi Miike Ace Attorney film? I haven't. You you know what I'm talking about though. It's the live action one.
2: Yeah. I yeah. I kind of get where you're going with that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I um The the only reason why I bring that up, it's time to end the show, obviously. But the reason why I bring that up is because I just uh, beat Yakuza Kiwami. And one of the main reasons I wanted to play the first Yakuza game was so I could watch the live-action adaptation, which is also made by Takeshi Miike, who is one of the most prolific film directors in the world, has made over 100 films, but that's beside the point. I I am talking a little too much. Let's end the show. Thank you very much for watching slash listening to me this episode of Nintendo News Report September 6th 2016 I'm Max Koffi joined today by Donald and Justin Justin is available on Twitter at kingnintendofan king nintendo fan all one word and then you can also find Donald on Twitter at Donald Mick, donaldmick d o n a l d m i c k you can also find his other podcast Nintendo Free Radio at n f r podcast on twitter i am Kulafia, C-U-L-A-F-I-A, on the Twitter. You should go to NintendoWorldReport.com to read lots of Nintendo coverage. You should go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash in order to support the website that supports the show. Get us on iTunes. I was not able to put the last episode up on time because I lost access to my computer because laptop broke, but... When I put this up, I'm going to put the other one up, and then we're going to be fully caught up, almost at 50 episodes, which is a very exciting thing. Anyways, besides the point, have a good night, everyone. Bye bye. Bye bye. Good night.